Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Pride Oprah, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, we're starting off this morning with our legislative and political organizing guru slash queen, Amanda Ewing. Amanda, how are you? I'm great. Thanks. Good. Um, Well, we wanted to chat this morning about interim studies. We uh, recently, the leadership in the House and the Senate approved their interim study list. Um, So let's talk about just for folks who might not be familiar, what are interim studies? What's the goal of an interim study? Well, um, the name really almost explains it all. It is self-explanatory. Uh, during the interim, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And they're going to study between things the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> between the legislative sessions. That's uh-huh. called the interim. And uh-huh. uh, when legislators want to study an issue, they request that the uh, Speaker of the House or the President of the Senate approve an interim study that kind of gives them the authority to uh, pursue an issue in the interim, and you know, have some experts show up and talk about it and. Um, they can be really wide-ranging. They take a lot of different forms, but um, generally it's studying an issue when you're not in the legislative session. And so do they do that with their committees? They do. So the committee uh, that the subject matter falls under actually hears the study. So while one legislator says, I want to have a study about education, uh, it's actually, you know, if they're a representative, it's the House Education Committee that will meet and hear all of the testimony or, mm-hmm. you know, evidence or whatever uh, that they want to present. So um, you're kind of presenting it to the uh, the subject matter committee of the study. Do lawmakers usually, like, is it like a precursor to legislation? It can kind of go either way. I mean, sometimes, like, uh, Representative Trish Ranson has a study this year about um de-escalation tactics mm-hmm. in school, trying Excellent. to kind of uh, help address violence in, in yes. schools. And, uh, you know, that is, has come about because she brought a bill last session that didn't uh, make it through the process and, and didn't pass. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, this is her way of, of saying, okay, well, we didn't pass the bill, so let's look deeper into this. Yeah. And then, of course, she'll hope that after, you know, the Education Committee learns more about it through an interim study, they'll be more likely to hear and pass her bill next year. Makes sense. So what are some um, what are some ones that we're excited about? To me, that sounds awesome. I'm very interested in that one. There are there are a lot. So there are 39 interim studies in the Senate and 74 in the House that were approved. And I'd say um, (laughs) probably 25 of those or so uh, relate to education or just general topics that, you know, we at OEA are going to be interested in. Mm -hmm. Also, like retirement or insurance. Yeah. Things like that. so some that I think are particularly interesting, uh, Representative Sherry Connolly from Lexington and Noble has mm-hmm. a couple that are interesting. She's got one studying student absenteeism in the context of COVID. So huh. I'm not sure what she's going to, you know, when that study's going to happen. I mean, obviously, it needs to be later in the year to have some actual uh, data to right. look at once school gets started. But, um, but I think that'll be interesting. Um, she has another one to examine the effects of suspension versus mental health treatment for students with oh. behavioral issues in school. Boom. School uh, to prison pipeline. Seriously. That, I mean, oh, that's, that's big. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. There are several studies on uh, broadband connectivity, generally trying to figure out how we, you know, yes. how we get our folks in rural Oklahoma connected to the internet. It's a huge is issue. Import- more important this year than ever. No joke. Right. 
Um, and then, you know, we've got a couple that are, I don't know, we'll keep our eye on to see, you know, maybe they're concerning. It's not real clear when you just have the title of the interim study, but Representative Tony Hassenbach has a study on teacher insurance and retirement benefits. Uh, it says considering proposals to manage yearly cost increases. So, of course, we want to manage the cost increases, especially to health insurance. Right. But, um, you know, you just got to keep an eye on those and make sure that they don't turn into something like, well, let's manage the cost by Not doing away with cost. providing health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there um, ones that we are worried about? Are there, I mean, I know it's hard to tell because you just have a title for most of them. I know. I mean, I would say the vast majority of them sound positive, sound like good stuff, you know, looking into uh, funding for education of bilingual students or um, studying whether we should expand physical education programs in school, uh, looking at the graduation rates uh, of our students in career tech. So, you know, um, really, you know, like I said, there there are one or two that, you know, okay, what is this addressing yeah. the cost of insurance? But right. other than that, um, it, it looks like legislators are really trying to find solutions to problems, which is great. Um, it's an election year. Do you think that an election year plays in at all to what lawmakers propose versus what gets approved? I know that, I mean, there are so many more that are proposed that then get approved. Like, do you think that that comes into play at all? I mean, are you suggesting that politics plays a role in what happens at our state capitol? Never. No. <laughs> what? Absolutely. You're right. That's a dumb question. Absolutely. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I mean, that's a great question. They definitely are, you know, this is their last opportunity before the election to show the people in their district that they are really looking into the problems that matter to their constituents. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I do think that's uh, a, a real um, issue, but I, you know, also it's a little bit difficult for a legislator in an election year to have an interim study because um, it takes time away from your ability to campaign. So oh, that's if true. they're doing these studies, they, they probably do really uh, believe in, you know, this issue and the fact that something needs to be done right. about it. You got to wrangle speakers and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, great. Well, uh, what uh, what do members need to know about this sort of time in the legislative cycle? How do they need to be engaged? Should they be? How can they? How can they engage? Sure. Well, so you know, we will be. None of these interim studies are scheduled yet for actual hearings, mm-hmm. but as soon as they are, of course, OEA is going to be putting out the word about them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just being present either, you know, in person, if that's an option, we'll have to see how things are going then, whether sure. we're doing things in person or, <laughs> or present person. online. But I know. <laughs> so, you know, being present, watching the study, giving feedback to legislators, um, letting them know what you think about the, the study, letting them yeah. know you appreciate them looking into these issues. Just, you know, generally staying in touch with them and, and giving your giving them your thoughts is always important. Um, and then, of course, I think it's important for members to know that uh, if they want a legislator to study an issue, um, they can always request that a legislator mm-hmm. uh, request an interim study. Mm-hmm. How... Um, as as just a general member of the public, can I go watch an interim study? How does that happen? Absolutely. These are public meetings. They are on the House and Senate uh, website. The meeting notices and, you know, date, time, and room are, are on there. 
And so, yeah, everyone is is welcome. And then I assume that a lot of these are going to be held virtually this fall. And, of course, those should be streamed from the House and Senate websites where you can just click on the link and watch them from your home. Yeah. It's good. It's good, like, uh, fireside reading. Just curl up with your laptop and watch an interim study. It's going to be good times. (laughs) Learn about play-based learning. Or, no, but they are super interesting. Right. I like, I, and I'm interested, I just am always interested to see uh, when they call in different experts, how different people feel about things. I think it's always interesting. I really do, which is nerdy, but I do. I, I'm a policy well, junkie, so <laughs> all of it. <laughs> right. We wouldn't be uh, having this conversation if we You're weren't right. interested in this, but Thank I you. will say it's, it, no, I was it's gonna really say, interesting Sorry to no. uh, hear a legislator's perspective. You can often tell like where they stand on an issue by seeing who they come have, you know, make reports and, and testify in these interim studies, because sometimes they are uh, pretty slanted and, and you realize, wow, this legislator had a had a definite agenda yeah. um, when when they said they wanted to study you know, this issue. Well, thank you, Amanda, for joining us. We appreciate the inside look, and we'll be following along this fall as those legislative interim studies get scheduled. And and you can just go Google okay, Oklahoma Interim Studies 2020, and, uh, and a list pops up. And you could also go to okea.org and check the blog. We've got the list up there for ones that are, you know, education relevant, OEA member relevant, too. So... <laughs> Our blogger is good. She's so good. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> it's me. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. We appreciate your time. Thank you all for having me on. And now we're joined by a couple of experts when it comes to education. Uh, we've got Representative Jacob Rosecrans of House District 46. Good morning, Representative. Good morning. And we have Haley Couch, a second grade teacher from Norman. Good morning, Haley. Good morning. Well, we wanted to visit with you guys about um, an interim study that, that's coming up for you um, about play-based learning. So can we start with you, Representative Rosecrans? Tell us about um, about the study and why, um, why you proposed it. Absolutely. Um, first of all, there's a little background here and just to let you know, I talk a lot, so I'm going to really try not to <laughs> okay. do that. Okay. <laughs> so, what? No. I'm a history teacher formally, so I could go all the way into the history of where it became a spark in my head, but I won't do that. I won't do that. Um, <laughs> so our play-based bill, um, it came to me from speaking to a uh, uh, actually a Republican out in Connecticut, she had seen that her children weren't really doing the things that she thought children should be doing. She's a parent, you know, and so mm-hmm. she was just like, what do I do? And so she uh, she put together this uh, these play-based standards, and I saw them and, and contacted her. It took a while because I was a Democrat, she was a Republican, and she didn't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it happened, and we became pretty close, and she explained everything, and I told her what I was looking to do, and uh, uh, so it kind of started that way. Um, I then got together with, um, I basically just put together a, a kind of a informal in, a interim study around about, uh, oh, right before 2019 session, uh-huh. October or so of 2018, and that was about 30 educators and even some medical professionals and some uh, parents, and we got together and uh, over the OU uh, Kansas State which Kansas State beat OU that day. I'll never forget it. Uh, <laughs> we came up with the language 
for the Oklahoma Play-Based Learning Initiative. Not not standards, but initiative. And uh, so that's what I decided I was going to bring to. And, and Haley was a member of that as well. She was there when we were hammering things out. It was really a, it was a mess, but I think that's what learning is supposed to be. And uh, so then we kind of went forward with that. And honestly, it gained, gained a lot of support. I'm watering this down massively because I had to make some major changes into it. Um, I had it, the group decided that we were going to do a mandated uh, uh, training, play-based training for, mm-hmm. the, for, for schools. Well, obviously, as we, through the, the motions, um, we, we couldn't keep that in there and have it pass. So it became more of a kind of just a feel good, like, let's get play across the board. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that obviously was not anybody's good time. It was horrible. And it also killed a bunch of bills in 20, uh, you know, the last session that we right, had. Right. So um, it, uh, I tell you what, it, it basically, it passed out of the House. Our, it was House Bill 2794, uh, passed out of the House and was going to the Senate. Had a great Senate author and uh, Senator uh, Adam Pugh, mm-hmm. who believes in this wholeheartedly. And uh, he has already reached out to me to say he's going to push it across next year. So this coming uh, uh, session. Great. But I decided to go ahead and do a interim study because, well, let's just hammer home the idea of just how important hands-on play-based learning is, especially not just to my committee, but you know to everybody else who comes in contact with us. And also the name of it, as as you probably were going to say, but I'll say it. <laughs> the title is, you know, how play-based learning uh, helps not only for the mental health aspects for students, but mm-hmm. also for academic success. And it absolutely does. And that's basically where we're standing right now. Um, I can tell you who all's on who, who all's on the uh, you know the docket to, mm-hmm. to speak and to participate. But I'll let you guys talk now because I told you I can overtalk. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so let's go to you, Haley. How about like mm-hmm. how can tell us about play based learning? Why is it important academically? Why is it important for mental health? Absolutely. So. Well, Jacob touched on this a little bit, but during this pandemic, I mean, honestly, the world has really learned um, that fostering students' social and emotional needs, um, as well as allowing children time to explore, socialize, um, build, create, collaborate, and play, most importantly, play, um, provides those really enriched learning experiences. Um, And it's truly crucial to children's development, their mental health, and their academic outcomes. So that is the reasoning um, for this this study. Um, play-based learning is unfortunately, though, being pushed out um, as an essential practice. That is what research and studies have showed us um, because the kindergarten and pre-primary years are truly becoming more, um, you know, school-like and mm-hmm. um, educators are feeling increasingly powerless because these standards are not um, being set into place. And so, um Really, with the increase of these academic standards, some teachers have just been told um, by administrators or just have honestly opted out um, of those self-directed play times um, because of that academic push. However, <laughs> studies show, though, yes. um, that play is crucial and vital um, to promote these um, skills that children must um, develop in these early childhood grade levels. Um, so these skills could include decision-making, communication, creativity, 
um, social interaction, those empathy skills, goal setting, problem mm-hmm. solving. And of course, all of these go hand in hand immediately into those academic standards that are already set in place. You know, really, Haley, any any teacher worth his or her salt knows that when you add play into the learning environment, kids learn it faster and for a longer period of time. Even as a middle school Spanish teacher, when when I incorporated play into the lessons, the kids were on it and on fire every day, every time. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Uh, when children are engaged in those play-based learning experiences, like just like you said, they are absolutely learning those objectives faster. They are sticking with them longer because they're using those visual, kinesthetic, auditory means all to help them learn at the same time. Um, Crossing hemispheres of their brain and their body. I mean, it just, yeah, all all the good research is there. So, um, Representative Rosecrans, how do you, um, Haley's one of the folks who's on your list, who's going to speak at the interim study. And you've also got the director of OU Preschool, the director of the OU Preschool Institute, um, senior director of early childhood, all kinds of great experts. Why is it important to have this conversation include teachers in the classroom? Why why is Haley one of your experts? Other than she's amazing. Well, we know this. Right. Already. Well, I, I was going to say because she's amazing. So thank you for taking <laughs> that note. Um, no, but listen, it, it's she's been with me since day one of this idea. Mm-hmm. And that's because she she does use play in her classroom. She's invited me in. I've seen how it is. It was like a dream come true about what I want to see more schools. More, I mean, teachers want to do this. The, the thing yeah. that's holding them back is, and you guys know this, and I'm going to sound like I'm on a, a soapbox, and I can speak to it because I was a teacher as well. Yeah. Um, it's this, this, this push for rigor and overly academic standards that are, keep going down and down and down, further and further and further, all the way to pre-K. And it's changing things. And it's, I think it's developmentally inappropriate sometimes about how kind of we're thinking, okay, if we make it more difficult, they'll reach it. And then, yay, everybody's smarter. Well, the problem is with that is that you're not taking into account what the children, how how children learn, how most Mm -hmm. children learn the best, which is through hands-on play-based learning, which is what this is all about. It's all about just refocusing on that. And, you know, talk to any childhood instructor, they'll tell you that. And, uh, um, that's any teacher, any go and go talk to anybody mm-hmm. and they'll let you know. But the part that's holding back is a little bit. I think administrators or administrators get a little scared sometimes because there's so much pressure. Sure. Um, I think the RSA, the reading sufficiency act, has absolutely things a little bit. I, d- there's no doubt in my mind. Um, I've seen it. I've heard it, you know, as a rep, uh, of, of a public schools district that really, 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 listens to be- the best they can to uh you know to the stakeholders i can tell you i get reached out to a lot by yeah. teachers and parents who who are like listen this is something obviously that needs to happen why is it not yeah and so that's kind of where we're, we're going with this also as my journey started with this um talking to other representatives even former teachers a lot of them thought it already was and that's where they need to talk to uh. the 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 ground level teachers and the ones that just come out of these amazing early education uh, schools, you know, the one OSU, OU, UCO, you name it. Those are the ones, the main ones I work with. And uh, they'll tell you, (laughs) we learned all of this 
at this place to go teach and we were told to do this once we got here. Mm. And that's the that's what we're trying to change. We're that's, just trying to flip it. We're trying to be that pendulum to, to swing it back to, to the hands-on play-based learning. And lastly, I think it's more important than ever because now that we're kind of online on many of the major districts, um, I, I honestly think kids are going to forget how to play. I kid you not. And also, I'm, I'm thinking teachers and, and so on and so forth may forget how to use this that utilize the best way for children to learn as time goes on as we get more technologically advanced it's kind of a nightmare for me so i find this i find myself and haley and, and this group to be the pendulum swinging the other way yeah you you know uh, i i posted a what if what if this year we really get to rethink education and how it is what if what if your play-based initiative gets uh has a great interim study and then flies through next year. Haley, what do you want to see from that? I want to see what is developmentally appropriate for all young and early learners. And so I know that these are unprecedented times and we are all going into uncharted waters together. But I think the most important thing is not losing track of what is truly vital for what children um, should be experiencing and developing those skills, like I said earlier. And so we must continue to provide those enriched um, learning opportunities through play. Um, There's a quote. It says, children learn as they play. Most importantly, in play, children learn how to learn. And we Mm -hmm. can't lose track of that. And this time, it's definitely... Um, the most crucial time to not lose hope of that because, like Jacob said, these babies at home um, will be, you know, learning through virtual, or most of them will be learning uh, through virtual means and being at a computer, but we must um, continue to allow those children to think outside of the box and to have a hands-on learning and to be playing as well. So, so speaking of that, right now is such a unique time. What, what opportunities, what challenges um, does the pandemic pose to this type of learning? When I think about my own children, um, my kindergartner has really excelled at smack talking her sister. That's what we've (laughs) really honed this summer in play-based learning. Um, What are, like, how does that look right now? I mean, it just seems like everything is so different. So what does that mean for for teachers trying to trying to do this through a screen? Right. Well, it's definitely a challenge. And like I said, we are all in this together. And so mm-hmm. I think first, the first most is that teachers must utilize their team and, and different resources and reach out if they are struggling with this because it is such an important issue and that we can't lose track of. Of course, like I said, they are going to be sitting for a long part of the day and on uh, that computer screen or whatever means they have at home. Um, but we as educators um, have to provide those brain breaks and those other mm-hmm. enriched authentic opportunities as, as best as we can. Now, is that going to look completely different from being in an early childhood classroom and they're with their peers and they have hands-on manipulatives? Absolutely. But... Um, we can provide those different experiences and giving parents those um, resources and ideas of what to do at home um, 
during the last school year when we did go virtual for those two weeks, um, providing ideas of going outside and play, getting inside sidewalk chalk, watercoloring, um, mm-hmm. playing card games at home, going on scavenger hunts. And these different activities um, can promote, um, of course, academic learning, but they are still getting to do those um, necessary um, activities that they that they could be doing as well. Um, one last question um, for you, Representative Rosecrans. Um, what message do you have for um, educators like Haley who who know that you know, they've got ideas or they have things that they want to um, move through the process. What advice do you have for for educators who might be a little intimidated by the legislative process? Um, how, what message do you have for them? Well, first of all, <clears throat> first of all, my very first message is make sure you know who your state representative and your state senator is. Yes. And they better know you too. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the first step. Because once you have that relationship, then they'll come to you. Mm-hmm. That's one of the cool things that I saw when I went straight from my classroom to the Capitol is that, well, in kind of an opposite way, many of the legislators up there came to me mm-hmm. instead of maybe a lobbyist or something like that about education issues. And I was like, yes, <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> come to me. <laughs> this is- Perfect. Yes. Welcome to my office. So um, so that's kind of how I'm looking at it from that end. That relationship, got to have that relationship. And then, like, like I said, once you have that, it opens up a lot of doors. But also just don't give up. So let me yeah. explain that. Let me kind of unpack that. Um, the teacher walkout, it, it, listen, it was amazing. It was sad it had to happen. We went over that a million times. But um, it, it, it kind of needed to keep going. The wave, it didn't subside per, per se, but... It needed to keep going and going because advocacy doesn't end, okay? Yes. And that's what I want people to understand. And especially, say, for instance, on this play base, this this is a, I'm not going to call it low-hanging fruit, but a lot of people believe in this, which mm. they damn well should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like, hello, yes, this is how children learn. I have children who went through the system, God bless their teachers. By third grade, <laughs> they hated reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. So something something is missing, and it's that. Well, it's us ignoring the, the experts. Surprise at the Capitol. But um, so <laughs> we're we're trying to push that, that back. And so advocacy doesn't end. That's my second point. And then lastly, just keep positive. Keep doing what you know is right in the classroom. Yes. Because you're going to be okay. You, you will. And what's right is what helps children learn the best. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this interim study is all about. It's all about making sure that we get the experts in there. Um, we, I mean, we have a nationally recognized education expert and author, Horatio Sanchez, who uh, who's agreed to come to here to do this. Oh, wow. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. And he's talking about, you know, promoting student resiliency and applying the brain science, all of that through play. And, and it's not even some people get confused. They're like, OK, play based, whatever. I'm of the school to think that just let them play, even just get out and get it messy, messy learning. I already said that once today. That's what I really want teachers to know that it's okay to do mm-hmm. because that's it's going to be messy. It's not going to be clean. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird, but <laughs> your children are going to learn on a very, very high level. And plus, last, last thing, um, <laughs> don't, be, don't be afraid to fail as a teacher. As, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't be afraid to let your, your children fail because 
And me as the representative, I can tell you, I would not be here had I not lost my first election in 2016. Mm. I learned from everything I did. Yeah. It was the best learning teacher. Experience is the best learning teacher. So, um, or teacher, sorry, early morning. The best <laughs> teacher is experience. So that's the last thing I want to have people understand. Just kind of go in there with those relationships. Um, don't give up and just keep it real. What you know is right. Do that. And Haley, as a, as a teacher, uh, can you think back mm-hmm. on uh, some of your lessons thinking, this is going to be so awesome. <laughs> and you go in all excited <laughs> and present it and it falls flat with the kids. I mean, so you regroup, you rethink and you retool and, um, and it gets better every time that, uh, that you do it. So uh, experience is a great teacher. And, um, and I think a large part of what we do is, um, is, is experimenting with what we think is, is going to uh, reach, teach, and inspire our kids. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. And, yes, t- teaching is all about being flexible. And it takes a village, truly. And just like Jacob, I love being a part of his village. He is such an amazing advocate, and I can't, we cannot thank him enough. There are many, many teachers across the state that have reached out to me saying just thank you for being our voice and letting our voice be heard because play really is vital and and we can't uh we should talk about especially during these unprecedented times because this is just it's very important that we must provide those those learning experiences for those babies at home that we can't maybe not see in person but we can still make an impact on their lives and i would love to say uh this closing quote of Play is often talked about as if it is a relief from serious learning, but for children, play is serious learning. And that's, of course, from Fred Rogers. <laughs> oh, yes. And if you wanted to, uh, if somebody wanted to learn more about the um, play-based learning uh, representative, don't you have a, a Facebook page? Could you give us the name of yeah. that? Yeah, part of my idea after I after my first few sessions, I was like, man, I tell you what, it's nice to have, you know, an army of people behind an idea. So after our little group, our you know, 60, 30 people that created this legislation, I was like that day, I was like, guys, I created a Facebook page, too. Here it is. Like it. It now has over 5000 people on it. And you can learn <laughs> everything from, you know, the, it, the posts cover a lot of different subjects. It's a kind of a two headed monster right now. I keep people up to date on what's going on with our legislation, and also it is something where parents and teachers mostly can can share ideas out about play-based. You'll start seeing also that we're talking about play outside as well, because let's be honest with you, I, I don't think that we have enough recess time, and I want people to know that this isn't that, but that's something sure. that I'm also looking into in the future, because that has a lot to do with the health of, and the mental health and all the other stuff. It's a two-pronged deal. So that's called the Oklahoma Play-Based Learning Initiative. Just that, Oklahoma Play-Based Learning Initiative. Great. You can just search it up, and it's an open group. And, uh, you know, I'm actually the one that does it. You know, I'm the administrator, and so is Haley. But I'm the one that, like, is, I'll come down on you if you're going to do something, like, that's not what I want. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure it's about play. We keep it about play. We keep it bipartisan really nonpartisan and we keep it uh, uh, just really about helping parents out right now, especially during the, uh, this historic pandemic. So that's one way. Um, 
also reach out to me if you have any questions. Um, I, email is my best way, and that's Jacob.Rosecrans, just my first and last name, at okhouse.gov. And, uh, you know, I take questions all the time, and that's from teachers, from parents. If anybody wonders, you know, what, what we're trying to do here, go ahead and reach out to me that way. I'm really fast on that. Well, I personally am going to join that Facebook group right now. Um, I expect um, advice about how to make my five-year-old a better winner. So, I'm a more gracious <laughs> winner. Yeah, no, no. no. We appreciate you guys so much, and the, and we're excited to, to hear this interim study um, here in the next couple of months. It's going to be it's going to be great. We're excited. Thank you, Representative Rosecrans and Haley for uh, Haley Couch. Uh, second grade teacher this year at uh, Norman uh, for coming on and um, talking about play-based learning. It's such an important initiative uh, and it does not mean we throw out the standards. It means we, we teach and learn differently. Yep. And welcome to Alicia's morning announcements. Do, 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 do. Uh, first announcement. This just in do, do, do we are having a cd5 uh town hall for educators with kendra horn so yeah. super excited about that uh kendra horn's campaign reached out to us and uh wants to talk to educators as well and so that is going to be mark your calendars now are you ready with your pen and paper that's kind of old school pull out your calendar on your phone uh-huh. august 20th from 6 to 7.30. And um, we will also be inviting the winner of the Republican runoff after that happens, the 25th, whether that's Stephanie Bice or Terry Neese, we'll invite them for a similar thing. So we just got to see who the Republican nominee is. And um, we've done this for uh, Abby Broyles. Mm-hmm. We invited Senator Inhofe. Mm-hmm. He, he declined our invitation, uh, said we could meet with his staff and um, we're not electing his staff. We're electing him. So we mm-hmm. want to talk to the actual candidate. Mm-hmm. So if there is someone running that you want to hear from, uh, let them know to contact us at yep. OEA. They talk to the Legislative and Political Organizing Center, Amanda Ewing, and, um, and we get this stuff set up. So the more you know, the better off you are in voting. Yep. Agreed. All right, so second announcement is on on Monday, on Monday, that's this coming Monday. August 10th. August 10th, thank you for that date, because <laughs> I lost it there for a minute. Um, we are having the Oklahoma Academy of Pediatrics and uh, Family Medicine. We're having a couple of doctors on with a Facebook Live uh-huh. uh, to answer questions that you you educators have about how to stay safe, whether it is... How to make, if you're going back in person, how to make sure you don't bring anything into your home uh, that could affect your personal family or, um, or how to make sure that you are safe at school with your students mm-hmm. or out in the community. Yeah. So, um, or as parents. Or as parents, absolutely. How, how do we keep our kids safe? When they go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, or if they're going to play a sport or, yeah. you know, uh, all, all kinds of things. So we have a 
couple of great doctors that um, the academy has has uh, set up for us. Great partnership with them. They want to keep kids safe as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we hope to see you on Monday, August 10th on Facebook Live, the OEA Facebook page at 4 o'clock. Yes. I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. It, there are nuances, I think, to that classroom interaction that they're just specific questions we have. I mean, I, I think teachers will come up with lots of great questions. I know our support staff will have questions about how they interact with students and others. I mean, it's a, there are a lot of questions right now. There, there are a lot of questions. And while we have maintained that um, unless we have all the PPE, all the cleaning and health mm-hmm. and safety needs um, and policies set up, and ready to go. We don't have any business going back face to face, especially with the um, the numbers still being so high and mm-hmm. rising. Uh, we think that it's safest to start virtually. Yeah. Um, and some districts where they don't have any cases in their community, or they maybe have one or two that are already going back. How do you keep? How do you keep that level? You know. Right. How do you make sure? Like, okay, we're at zero. Like, let's stay at zero. Let's stay at zero and these with are, everybody coming back together. And these are the experts to answer the questions. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. So uh, we want to say thank you to Amanda Ewing, Jacob Rose Carantz of House District 46, and Haley Couch for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.